We are a growing church. We are a a growing family and a thriving community. And there's a lot of excitement and there's a buzz in the atmosphere when you get here. And if everybody who calls Summit Church home was here right now, we would have anywhere between 400 and 500 people in this room. And that's amazing. Somebody better shout. It's a really exciting time to be here at Summit, right? But right now, as of this very moment in time, we have about 28% of the congregation doing 100% of the work. And I just want to say right now to that 28%, you guys are crushing it. Our impact teams are incredible. Our impact teams are second to nobody. I don't care how big the church is or where it is. Our impact team and our impact team leaders are on fire. We're going to get more to that next week. We're going to talk about how much rock stars we have in this church, how many rock stars next week. And we're going to rally and we're going to shout and there's going to be a cool sermon illustration. So just be prepared for that. Uh, Actually, right now, just thinking about what that might be. But church statistics, I'm kidding. I got it all figured out. Church statistics and research says that if we want to keep growing and thriving and reaching more people in the community, that number needs to go from 28% to 50% or higher, okay? And we are doing great, but we have some room to grow. I'm sure that when you drove in the parking lot, you saw that it was packed and the lobby is tight and the sanctuary is filling up. And if things keep going the way that they've been going, we will eventually have to add another service. But in order to do that, we have to have enough selfless servants to make those services happen, okay? And that's what this message in next week is all about. It's about going from consumer to contributor. And there are certainly times that we want you to come in and just sit and get fed and get poured into. There are certainly times, if you're a first-time guest, we want you to come for a couple months and just hang out, get to know us, get to know the place, and then get plugged in. But eventually, the time will come, or the time is coming, when we all have to put our hands to the plow and help build this incredible thing that God is doing right here in, in Elkins. Now, I want to make this abundantly clear, okay? Abundantly, more than abundantly. What's more than abundantly? I don't know, exceedingly. Maybe that works. Exceedingly clear. Serving in the house of God should never be a chore. It is always a privilege. It is always a privilege. And we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. But as time goes on, and as you feel God calling you to be a part of this family, you have to get to a place, we all have to get to a place where we start helping out around the house. You guys with me so far? And being a contributing member of this society. And there's this moment in scripture after the exodus of God's people uh, from Egypt. There's this moment that God instructs Moses to build the very first tabernacle. What in the world is a tabernacle? It's a really strange word. It's essentially a house. But since the beginning of time, God had just been somewhere off in the distance, okay? For, especially for the common man. There was really no place to go to get acquainted with God or connected with God and to know that you're in the presence of the king. But after God delivers his people from Egypt, he tells Moses that he is going to dwell with them in something called a tabernacle. And a tabernacle, say that one time, tabernacle. It's just fun to say. Say it three times fast. Tabernacle, tabernacle. And a tabernacle is essentially a glorified tent. No pun intended. 
Pun was intended, actually, because the tent was glorified because the glory of God was. This was going to be the place. This was going to be the place that represented the house of God. Okay. God would have a home among his people. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this was a really, really big deal. And it was holy. And it was awesome, and it was not to be disrespected, and it was to be cared for very diligently and very, very carefully. And when the people heard about it, like when Moses came off the mountain and said, y'all ain't going to believe this, but God wants us to build him a house, everybody would have been like, what? There would have been an excitement, an energy, there would have been a buzz in the atmosphere, much like there is in this room right now. But check this out. This is very, very important to the story. At that point in time, not everybody could go inside the church, inside the tabernacle. Only one group of people could even think or consider or even dream about going inside the tabernacle and close to the presence of God. Everybody else had to stand in the outer courts to worship God. You see, God was closer, but he's still at a distance. And that points forward to Jesus when he tore the veil. God is closer, but he's still at a distance, all right? And the ark, which represents the presence of God, was actually only accessible to the high priest and him only one time a year. Can you imagine for just a second only being able to be in the manifest presence of God one time a year? Okay, so let's assume that there were two million Israelites at the time. Numbers vary. There's, there's great debate over how many were actually there. But let's just say there's two million at the time of the Exodus in this moment. Only 22,000 of them, which were Levites, even had the chance to go inside the tabernacle. That is 1% of the population. And only a select few of them could ever or would ever go behind the veil into the Holy of Holies and experience the presence of God. Are you getting the picture here? There was not a chance of going inside the house of God, let alone serving in it. You and I would be standing in the parking lot. No holding the door, no greeting people or serving coffee or running the camera or helping the kids or praying for people or singing or teaching. There was absolutely nothing you could do inside the house of God. But even though most of those people would never actually be able to go in, this ancient community of God's people came together and showed us what it means to be the body and build the church. And that's what we're going to read right now. If you're following along in the Bible app, just go down to the bottom right-hand corner of the YouVersion Bible app, click Events, then click on Summit Church. You can read through the whole story right there. Let's get into this. We're in Exodus chapter 35, starting in verse 20. I hear some pages turning. That is so great that people still bring their Bible to church. Verse 20 says this. So the whole community of Israel left Moses after Moses had come back and said, guys, this is what God wants us to do. It says the whole community of Israel left Moses and went back to their tents. They went back home. All whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. They brought all the materials needed for the tabernacle, for the performance of its rituals, and for the sacred garments. It says, everyone whose heart was stirred and whose spirit was moved came forward to contribute. Let me ask you a question um, this morning. Have you ever walked into church, and some of y'all felt this this morning, but have you ever walked into church or been standing there during worship, and Wendy had that word, 
Or Cassie hit that note. Well. Or Mike's back there on the drums and, and you, woo! And watching all, Dave's back there singing baritone. But have you ever been in church and experienced that moment where your heart gets stirred and your spirit gets moved? This scripture is suggesting that your response to that should actually be service. A genuine desire to bring your gifts and talents and resources to contribute to the movement of the spirit that you are experiencing. Oh, that's good. 